What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we are exploring the coaches' film from the Dolphins' 35-32 victory over the Chicago Bears. What did we see? Who stood out? Where are the improvements to be made? All of that here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. The co-founder of DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, as you might tell if you're watching on YouTube. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Objective of today's show. Just got through the coaches film, the all 22 and Tapeheads know this, but uh, the, the general fans may not. The uh, camera angles at Soldier Field are a little special. And um, they're a little lower. They're a little tighter than you usually get. But between the wide angle and the back angle, uh, we were able to, to get some really nice context as far as the way that this game went for the Dolphins and things that went right and things that went wrong and things that we can improve upon because that that's what the film study is all about, right? And especially when you consider this Dolphins team and some of the injuries that they have endured on the defensive side of the ball, they, they are pursuing an ever-moving target. Uh, ever-moving target as far as the right balance and personnel and style of play on any given week. Now, I, I think you can look at what Chicago brought to the table from a schematic standpoint offensively. Um, the Justin Fields element, the Dolphins, some self-inflicted stuff. They like to go to man coverage on third down and, and try and lock guys down because they felt like this is one of the, the matchups in their schedule where even if it's the corner injuries, we can lock up the Bears receivers one-on-one on third down. And they were right. They could. But you tried to spy with Channing Tindall, and Tindall did a nice job on the first possession. He ran Justin Fields out of bound in the, in the red zone. And... Um, forced a field goal but there was a third and 13 opportunity where Channing Tindall as the spy um, Jalen Phillips gets inside penetration Justin Fields pirouettes back out of it and turns his back to the defense and goes as though he's going to boot all the way around the backside and Tindall and Sealer both book it out towards the sideline well Justin Fields stuck his foot in the ground because Bradley Chubb was there and and boxing him in from getting outside the pocket and tucked right up the middle and got a first down. And you saw very little of Channing Tindall uh, the rest of the way from that point forward. I want to make sure I get my numbers right. Tindall ended up finishing the day with five snaps and was almost exclusively a quarterback spy. Uh, the, the busted third down was a bummer. So they tried that. Um, and... Then Chicago really got in their bag, in my mind, as far as watch, watching schematically how it played out. Chicago is very creative, very loose. They played like they had nothing to lose because they didn't. And what you end up getting there is a lot of unorthodox-type looks. So, you know, you come out and you run speed option. You come out, you run perimeter screen. You come out and you run an end around that technically could have been a throwback to Justin Fields, if not for penetration 
by Jalen Phillips that that forced Darnell Mooney to bounce the run outside and just convert to a runner. But they had a touchdown. I mean, they they played a very I don't want to say high schooly, but they played with that that like they had a seemingly a gimmicky play on every other drive. And it wasn't because it was limitations within, well, from a receiver's perspective, a little bit. But they were trying to create explosive plays in the ways that they knew how. And from the Dolphins' standpoint, locking up as much as they did on third downs to man-to-man allowed Justin Fields to get outside the pot. Now, of course, the 61-yard touchdown run, we had three missed tackles in the open field. Uh, Jerome Baker with one. And... I think that's the big thing for me is as I look at, okay, how do you fix this moving forward? You won't have to worry about QB runs and 20 plus mile per hour quarterbacks that weigh 235 out in the open field against man coverage. Um, <laughs> the next couple of weeks at the very least, right? Uh, you, you, you'll probably uh, keep an eye on Josh Allen down the stretch, but of course the Dolphins have played him plenty. You get a little bit better feel of his trends and also Josh Allen, um, Kind of getting looked at right now for an elbow injury to his throwing arm that was suffered on Sunday against the Jets. So that's a storyline for uh, the Dolphins to watch. You obviously don't want anybody to be hurt. Um, but in the landscape of the AFC, if this, you know, they're, they're talking UCL and uh, associated nerves in his throwing arm. From a Dolphins perspective, it's something that's absolutely relevant with Miami sitting a half a game behind, or I guess technically a full game because the Bills haven't have had their buy already uh, a, a game behind the bills in the standings for first place in the AFC East, something interesting to watch. And they'll, they'll need to figure out as far as quarterback contain. If you want to play man, we got to get home. We got to be better with our contain rush. We got to have a better contain rush plan. Now, Justin Fields made some phenomenal throws in tight pockets. The touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney. He had two guys laced in his lap. He hit another throw in which Bradley Chubb was literally raking down across his face to try to chop the ball out of his hands. They had a couple really, really good deep pocket penetration reps. And in general, I thought both Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, you know, we, we've kind of built up this duo now. Um, would you like them to finish plays? Yes, Jalen Phillips got to keep his feet. Right. Jalen Phillips had a couple splash plays in the backfield and lost his footing. Um, and, and tackling has, quite frankly, not been a strength of Jalen's in the open field in general this season. So for those, you know, I've been a very staunch defender of Jalen Phillips, but I will say more of these disruption reps become finishes with better effort, not better effort, but, but a better ability to keep your feet and come to balance. And if he gets that right, look out. But, I mean, he had one, too, where he was flashed inside and he was getting held and pulled down like this. And as he's getting pulled down away, he actually reaches out and he chops the ball in Justin Fields' hand looking for a strip sack while being held. That was on the play that David Howard, I'm going to use air quotes here because he did not, held on the interception. There were a lot of holds. You know, I don't want to hear Chicago fans talk about, oh, they didn't call pass interference on Keon Cross and they didn't go, okay. You know how many screen caps I got on my my laptop right now of def of offensive line holding Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb that did not get called? I must have eight or nine of them. They called the game the way they called the game. It is what it is. Now, fortunately, we, we 
wouldn't probably be saying that if the Dolphins didn't end up winning the football game, but they did win the football game. So um, from a performance perspective, I think there's a couple people that we need to see more, continue to see more of. I think there's a couple people we need to get better play from. Um, I want to give, give a tip of the cap to Melvin Ingram. He played 27 snaps, 16 of those. He rushed the passer and he brought a speed to power conversion that allowed him to get a quick finish on Justin Fields in the pocket. And he had a couple other really impressive power conversion reps throughout the course of this game. Um, I thought Christian Wilkins played an excellent game as well. Very disruptive in the middle, very quick to, to exchange gaps and uncover. And it made a couple plays where he, uh, they try to wash him down through the point of attack. And uh, he peels back and gets back on the running back and finishes some plays. Cater Kohu, uh, was phenomenal, really good tackling effort on the perimeter. Chicago ran a lot of quick hitters to the outside, uh, and Cater was very much up to the task, very much up to the task. So uh, I, I look at those guys, and I applaud their efforts. I thought also Raekwon Davis um, manning the nose. It's not a sexy position. It's not one that's going to show up in the stat sheet. But for Miami giving up 252 rushing yards in this game, I have never seen a defense – control the point of attack and control the line of scrimmage in the way that the Dolphins did and give up that much rushing yards. And that's because about 180 of that came from Justin Fields. But 25 carry 73 rushing yards and traditional runs. Tradi from, from a traditional offense standpoint and not a new age, new era uh, freak athlete at quarterback that just goes out and makes plays happen and you call some quarterback design runs. Like outside of that compartment, the Bears got their butts kicked up front the Dolphins totally controlled the line of scrimmage. And that makes me feel really good coming into this next week against a really good rushing attack in the Cleveland Browns because they don't have that extra layer. But you go back, I mean, how many, this is a genuine question, how many times do you guys remember did the Dolphins force the Chicago Bears into uh, fourth and ones that they needed QB sneaks to convert on drives that would ultimately go down and get points? And yeah, every drive and possession counts the mm -hmm. same. So they scored points, and, and you acknowledge that. But I believe the Bears were three for three on fourth down, or three for four on fourth down, and the three conversions that they got, yeah, were, were QB sneaks. So one for one for two. They had they had a third down uh, short yardage. That's where I'm adding them, giving them giving the Dolphins an extra down here. But um, in general. Chicago had some unique components going with fresh playbook with fresh layers. Justin Fields being Justin Fields, you know, he was a top 15 pick for a reason. Uh, I thought the Dolphins defensively had some self-inflicted things choosing to go to man coverage. We need to see more of Duke Riley. Duke Riley made one of the plays of the game when he sacked Justin Fields on second down on the final possession to scrape and fly out of there and make sure Justin Fields didn't get the corner. We uh, Duke Riley played 17 snaps and 16 of them were in coverage. And I understand like his size doesn't necessarily line up with teams that want to run the ball. We got to find a way to keep this dude on the field more. We got to find a way to get Duke Riley more than 17 snaps. Cause it's not a coincidence that he's magically out there in the end of game situations and he's flying around and Justin Fields can't get the corner and Duke chases him all the way down and they take a sack when Justin runs out of bounds and that sets up the throw to chase Claypool down the field on third and 10 plus. 
the red zone touchdown to Darnell Mooney. Um, I understand Darnell Mooney was at three strong and Xavier Howard, uh, they, they, they matched personnel there. Would have really loved for them to find a way to get hands on Mooney. Uh, Howard had to play off because Mooney was not on the line of scrimmage. And they ran a post with an inside fade. And X playing off coverage can't get attached onto Darnell Mooney because he had to give him space. So uh, in hindsight, you probably look at that. And, and if you know they're running inside fade, you uh, you probably find a way to collision that route and give X a chance to be on his body a little bit better. So uh, th those were a lot of the observations uh, that I had. Uh, I know I had mentioned um, some guys we need to get on the field more. Uh, we, we need a little bit more consistent play out of a couple of guys too. Um, Keon Crossan is one really good special teams player, but we, we, we need more consistent contributions in my eyes uh, from Keon Crossan in coverage to stay sticky. Uh, we also, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the first time that bake has that big splash play. It feels like it's been a little bit, right? Um, there were a couple of, of open field opportunities for Jerome Baker uh, to avo avoid explosive plays for Chicago and couldn't finish those tackle opportunities. I know he was graded with a couple missed, ta missed tackle attempts. Um, but for Jerome Baker to be the player that, A, the Dolphins are paying him to be, and the player that we've seen him be in the past, I'm looking for the big play from Jerome Baker. I'm looking for the big splash. I mean, in general, Xavier Howard, I understand he's playing through the, the groin injury right now, and hopefully we get through this game against Cleveland, and then you come out of that and you get the bye week. So you can come out a little bit healthier, and he can be fresh down the stretch. I hope that's the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you look at some of the traditional standouts of this defense, Xavier Howard, Jerome Baker. Uh, I'd throw Keon Crossan in there as not a traditional standout. And then Emmanuel Logba. Uh, Chicago rolled the pocket out one time and he got sealed by Equinami St. Brown on a rollout. So those are guys I'm looking for, for the, the elevation of play in to kind of answer the call. Uh, but defensively, I wanted to spend as much time as I could on the defense to kind of put the proper context into this game. Uh, the Dolphins won. They gave up 32 points. You don't want to give up 32 points. The open field tackling needs to be better. There's no question. If you're going to make a playoff run, we got to be tackling better in January than we are right now in November. But it's also a one-game sample size against a team that played loose, played with nothing to lose, had a bunch of trick plays in the bag, and had a 4-4 athlete who made some special plays. Dolphins, they need to work on their contained rush plan, but generally speaking, I thought they dominated the line of scrimmage in traditional run concepts, and they plastered these receivers really well. You had a couple coverage busts and breakdowns. The first tight end was a tight end leak, uh, that they, they sell hard play action and, and either Jerome Baker or Atlanta Roberts gets tunnel vision and misses the tight end running out across his face. The coverage bust. Some easy fixes in addition to um, just kind of reassessing the strategy, especially once Field starts to kill you with his legs the way that he did. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Fortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. And, but when you need to process things and adversity that happens in your life, 
BetterHelp can help make sure that you find yourself feeling your best. And they're here to help you get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists that are available 100% online. It's all the benefits of in-person therapy, plus more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. Could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. I feel as though I have successfully exhausted all of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that I had on the defensive side of the ball because I know there was a lot of negativity but uh, for, coming out of this game. But I also think it's it's worth bearing and remembering that when Tua Tonga-Valo was missing time, we were bemoaning the offensive line. The offensive line's played well the last couple of weeks because Toronto Armstead's out there on the field. Um, it, it, there, there will always be something to critique, right? There will always be something that will give you kind of the, the churning stomach when you look at big picture. But all of this right now is playing through all of the issues because every team has issues playing through all of your issues throughout the course of this gauntlet of a season and get yourself aligned to have a ticket to the dance. That's all it's about because once you get there, then it's who can click and get things clicked in and get locked in appropriately. All I'm asking for is a ticket to the dance. Now I still think this is a potential 10 to 12 win football team. I mean, you're six and three. You you can look at the schedule and decide that for yourself right now. Right now, I'm focused on going one and zero this week against the Cleveland Browns. Get into the bye week. It's seven and three. Um, but we got to talk special teams. And I want to give some flowers to Jalen Phillips for the blocked punt. Obviously, blocked punt that's returned for a touchdown. It's a huge play in this game. The Dolphins end up winning by, by a field goal. But it was the way in which he blocked the punt. I don't know if you got, like, he hit a speed rush, inside counter, rip swim, or club swim against this punt protector. Like, he never broke stride. But when you see the space that Jalen Phillips stepped through with his outside leg stepping into the inside hip of the punt protector in full stride, and Jalen doesn't break stride. And the distance between the inside hip of the pump protector and the outside hip of the next man inside is probably eight inches wide. And Jalen slips through there like it's nothing. And he effectively takes the ball off the top of the punter's foot. It could have been a handoff. Just a phenomenal athletic play. A phenomenal athletic play. Uh, other notes on special teams, uh, Coach McDaniel on Monday seemed to um, <laughs> suggest that the, the the swirling winds at Soldier Field contributed to Jason Sanders' missed 29-yard uh, field goal. That may be the case. I, I kept looking for, was there something with the snap or the timing of the approach or the hold uh, that was inconsistent with what we usually see? I didn't see anything that, that jumped out. Uh, so maybe the wind did play a factor, but even if it did, it's 29 yards out. It's uh, That's a hard sell to miss that kick at any point. 
The other, I have two other notes on special teams. One for one thing that um, was nearly another good for the Dolphins and the other for something to be mindful of and watch in the coming weeks. Um, Christian Wilkins almost got an extra point as well. Uh, they, they put him over top of uh, one of the guards uh, right next to the long snapper, and he pushed through that gap, and it's he and Emmanuel Agba. And he appeared to come very, very close to getting his hand up with some penetration inside and blocking an extra point. Uh, so uh, look for that in the weeks ahead. Um, but that was another good performance from a special team standpoint was the uh, the push inside on the kicking game. But for the Dolphins, we got to figure out what we're doing on the left side of our, our field goal unit and our kicking team. Uh, right now, it's Wilkins on, on the wing and Zach Sealer at the quote-unquote tight end position. And teams the last couple of weeks have been coming very, very hard and aggressive at that gap. And there's a lot of push, and there's a lot of penetration off that side. So whether that is adjusting who's playing there, whether that is changing our footwork a little bit, Zach Sealer is getting a guy on each shoulder, and they are coming hard at that gap. And it's been a consistent theme throughout the course of watching special teams. So if the Dolphins concede a blocked kick in the coming weeks, don't be surprised if it comes off of the Wilkins sealer side, because they are creating a softer edge inside of Wilkins. Who's got an inside outside kind of two way go to block the, the last man coming off the edge and whatever, I guess, sea gap penetration he gets. Um, that, that just has me a little, worried so hopefully that is something that gets shored up for this team uh here in the coming coming weeks but as we shift over the offensive side of the ball um there were some unsung heroes that i thought played very well uh there were also uh, a couple players who have been glue guys the past month that i thought didn't have their best performances I would start with the offensive backfield and Alec Ingold and Raheem Mostert. I thought both of those guys kind of had uh, days that left you wanting a little bit more based on the standard of play that's been set. And not everybody's going to come in and play lights out every single week unless your name is Tyreek Hill, right? <laughs> like, um, but th those were two players for me that, that jumped out as like, oh, th little missed opportunity here. Oh, keep your footing here so that you can get a little bit better block. Now, Ingle did have a couple really nice seal blocks on the edge. Um, but their, their runs between the tackles, uh, the, they were really cooking with Jeff Wilson, who took 28 snaps as compared to Mostert, who took 26. Now, I think having a, a little bit more balance is great. Um, throughout the rest of the performers that, that I was hoping to maybe see a little bit more from, I thought Brandon shell probably played his worst game at right tackle as a member of the dolphins. Uh, he was still effective in the run game, but in pass protection, I thought there were a couple opportunities where he really got tested uh, in the run game. Some assignments that he could not climb to and get attached onto him because of that runs runs missed the mark. There was one outside run uh, where Brandon shell uh, ends up, kind of pushing towards the perimeter and lets a, a second level defender kind of run right by his face to, to ax a play that could have been a really big run if he got attached on that one to the outside. So from Mostert. So 
Uh, that jumped out to me a little bit uh, for, for Brandon Shell. And look, you, you got to live with the highs and lows. You, you, again, you can't expect everybody to play an A plus B plus game every single time they step out onto the field. I still feel good about Shell. Where it sounds like we're going to get Austin Jackson practicing this week. He practiced on Friday last week. Uh, if it's me, I'm still probably looking to keep Shell locked in at right tackle, uh, try and get an upgrade at left guard because Robert Jones was a player who was pretty underwhelming to me. Uh, if he didn't, if his range wasn't tested, I thought he was fine. Uh, but it was plays in which he had to get up onto the second level. It was stunt exchanges and twists inside where I got to pass off and make sure I get all the way over here and get hip to hip. So I'm not giving up inside penetration. Uh, there was one play where he literally got flat backed into Tua Tungvaloa's lap. So the stat sheet's going to tell you he didn't give up any sacks. Um, but some of that is, is quick decision-making from Tua Tungvaloa. Some of that is also uh, fleet of footness from, from Tua Tungvaloa to make the first arriving pass rusher miss. So those are players when I, when I look at uh, the Dolphins, and I'm, I'm just looking at the depth chart over here on the side. Those were the players who I thought come out of this week with the most room to improve versus their week nine performances. Ingold and Gasecki, well, Gasecki, another one, he was kind of a, a mitigated player this week. Now, the Dolphins only carried four wide receivers for this game, so Gasecki was effectively the five. He played 27 snaps. He went out for routes 19% or 19 of those 27 reps. Um, and re really, the big target he got was when they had the uh, illegal shift on fourth and two, which was a money play. It's killer that they had that snap um, mistiming. Because Gasecki's getting snapped, and he's stepping up to make sure he's aligned properly, and the ball is snapped. And Tua drops the snap and has to, to, to jump on it. Uh, but because it's an illegal shift, it's a pre-snap penalty. They get to run it again. They ran double rubs on the outside, and Tua could have picked probably three guys, and they would have been wide-ass open on fourth and two. Um, but because then you get bumped back, you come out in the same kind of look, but you can't run the same play because you kind of showed your hand. So they end up running uh, Gusecki on this out route, and he was locked up pretty good. And I don't think there were a lot of other great places to go with the ball. We're going to talk about Tua Tungvaloa here and uh, the, this passing game with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But before we do, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Done Right. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you versus the house. Prize Picks offers projections for just about any sport that you can watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Currently operational in over 30 days in Canada, go to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code locked on. So you put a hundo in, I'll give you another hundred. You put 50 in, they're going to give you another 50. Up to $100. Don't forget that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. As far as the standouts in, in a good way. I thought uh, Teron Armstead played himself a nice game. Uh, a couple times where he was on backside of play action passes and had to get down on a three technique and he got hands on, but he was tested in doing so. Uh, but I'm admiring the effort that he's putting forward playing with, with two lower body injuries, both the, whatever the Achilles thing is that popped up this past week. And then the toe uh, Jeff Wilson's going to be a fan favorite real quick <laughs> with uh, runs like the, 
between the tackles runs. And I, I think what really popped to me with that big Jeff Wilson run between the tackles was the anticipation for the flow, right? And I was probably a little surprised that we didn't see more of that kind of anticipation from Chase Edmonds because the between the tackles stuff was kind of where he won in Arizona as compared to being a wide zone runner. But I thought Wilson kind of feeling the wash from the left-hand side and being able to kind of not break stride while subtly bending his track was what really allowed him um, to, to create that big run. I thought Robert Hunt really got after guys up front. I thought Connor Williams showcased his athleticism again. A Hunter Long only played six snaps, uh, but he threw a couple really nice blocks in split flow motion, and including one of them was a, a the big Raheem Mostert run that was popped uh, going in to the Chicago scoring area. Uh, it was a long split flow, and he ends up picking up this, this slot receiver kind of detached from the formation, which is a little bit wider angle than you usually get. Uh, so hoping Hunter, he's in concussion protocol right now. Hope he's feeling better, and we see him out there again soon. I uh, want to acknowledge Cedric Wilson for his effort. Obviously, he's he's returning kicks right now, but he got a little bit of run 13 snaps. Uh, but there were a couple of times where he, he really set some critical blocks as a receiver, and you typically associate that with Trent Sherfield. Um, but I did want to acknowledge Cedric Wilson as somebody who I thought did a lot of dirty work and he was rewarded with a couple of catches and, um, a, a pretty slick effort after the catch on one of those. Uh, but from this passing game, obviously you're going to talk passing game. You got to talk to, and you got to talk Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and just continue to, uh, really hum and click. And, uh, I, I think Mike McDaniel has really settled into, scheming the looks for these guys. I thought Tua Tungvaloa largely had a lot of great anticipation. There were a couple film clips that I dropped where you could see when he's on schedule and he's on his platform, he can drive throws comfortably. Oh, and because of the anticipation, it doesn't explode out of his hand, but it doesn't have to, right? We're going to beat the dead. They are going to beat the dead horse on the arm strength thing for Tua. Now, the underthrown ball to Jalen Waddell um, late in the game, was a bit of a bummer. Uh, I thought the first one, the one that they actually called DPI on, on, on uh, Eddie Jackson was probably a completion. If Tua just sets it a little bit further outside, he, he hung this thing inside more closer to the numbers where um, Jalen was pretty far inside the red line, which is the kind of an imaginary line that goes up the sideline where you want to leave your quarterback room to drop it over your outside shoulder. So, Pushing the ball down the field, I think that's really where you're going to see Tua's accuracy have its most inconsistency because he's he does have to work to get those throws down there. I thought the distance was good. I just thought he left it a little bit inside. Um, but the the one that we look to get just as a constructive criticism thing, I was surprised to see it was not true zero. That was kind of more of a fire zone blitz on the third down when we tried to go up top over Jalen Waddle. It was more of a double move. That, that he successfully set up number 33. Um, but I would rather live in a world where Tua fades away from some of these throws where you have pressure and you, you feel like you're going to get it. And the Dolphins weren't hot. They had a pretty good job blocking it up. Raheem Mostert took a big, big blow to make sure that Tua stayed clean. Uh, but Tua working to find himself room in order to allow him to throw that ball in there um, didn't really get into the throw. And because of that, that's why that ball hung up. But the anticipation, the rhythm, the footwork, 
it's all really good yet again for Tua. Yet another 130-plus uh, passer rating performance from him. So a lot of good offensively. Kind of wanted to give my observations on guys that we can look for bounce-back weeks next week and make sure that we keep it locked in all of this week. We've got Crossover Thursday. we got Power of the Pod. We're going to talk about a game plan to beat the Browns. It's going to be a great week, so plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for checking out the show. Talk with you all again tomorrow.